This is The Wealth Puzzle with Michael Mansfield from The Lynn Group. When a part of your financial strategy is out of tune, your long-term goals, your retirement savings, and your legacy can all suffer. With many years of experience in the financial industry, Michael provides his clients and prospects with the information they need regarding Social Security, Retirement Income Planning, Wealth Management, and much more. Listen in as we address your financial concerns and provide helpful solutions to put you on the path to achieving your retirement goals. And now, here is The Wealth Puzzle with Michael Mansfield. Hey everybody, thanks for tuning in. This is Mike Mansfield with The Wealth Puzzle. Got Tony Shore here. Tony, thanks for joining us. Always. Good show today, my friend. We're going to just be kind of doing the current event thing. I think we missed last week. I was having a computer crisis, which (laughs) (laughs) we've all become so much more dependent on computers, right? It's It's our only link to the outside world, so... You can't have a computer crisis. Nope. That's not that's not good. Yeah, you basically uh we can't do business today. Yeah, that's <laughs> like can't uh, do anything. having your it's like not having a steering wheel in your car. It is. The, um you know, it's there. It's a car. <laughs> it's good for nothing. So, uh sorry that we missed last week. I guess bad news I'm going to miss next week too. We are tr- having to do a little family traveling. We had a um a family member get hurt which was kind of a weird deal just a few days ago so we're going to visit and help the best we can yeah my wife's brother-in-law or excuse me my brother-in-law my wife's brother um who's my age and i've never i don't how do you say this never known him to be athletic sure um was suddenly doing some kind of downhill mountain biking oh wow so he's suddenly athletic and went off some kind of jump. I don't know the full story. Oh, uh, going downhill. Didn't hit anything specific. It didn't hit a tree. Didn't hit a rock. Just somehow fell off the bike. But in the process of falling off the bike, broke his collarbone, broke oh. six ribs, oh. collapsed lung, um, fra- uh, shattered a vertebrae. Yep. And they were actually saying, which not to be humorous here, I thought it was kind of funny. They said when he heals, he'll actually be shorter. <laughs> because of that missing well, vertebrae. Well, how can you not chuckle at that? And I thought, oh, that's funny. He, he is already height challenged. So that, oh, <laughs> I that's sad. I can't do him any favors. No. The, um, He's so trying to, have, what is he? I mean, evil Knievel out there. Well, right. You know, I'm hearing this story like, I'm sorry. Did he get hit by a car? What happened? <laughs> yeah. Wow. Was he on a motorcycle? He, he simply fell off a bicycle. What was he doing? Well, he flew up so, into the air. You've seen I, those guys right. on those no, dirt bikes. Well, yeah. right. But I, you know, like I said, I've never known him to be like this. He doesn't have a career in extreme mountain biking so i'm not sure exactly what happened i haven't yeah we'll say poked the bear to get more information well here. most of the most of the um, kids who you know do the mountain biking and do jumps and stuff with dirt bikes and stuff yeah, they get tweaked man but they're but they're but they're younger so they can sure they heal yeah, they quickly the, they and those, they, they, they they're a little more flexible bones yeah 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 yeah, yeah. you're not gonna see me going uh doing some extreme downhill mountain biking at this point no. in my life no me either. Obviously. The, uh, I you know I walked to work this morning. My back hurts. So you know. Oh, I, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, Michael. I mean, the last time well, I exercised was during the Carter administration. Well, you know, you take that funny step off of a curb. You know, and it was a it was a real workout, though. I'll tell you that. <laughs> um, no, no, I go so, for walks. That's about my speed. So, anyways, it's been very upsetting for the family. He's pretty tweaked. He does have three young children, which then, you know, me trying to be a responsible human is like, dude, what are you doing, man? So 
He has to wear a yeah. back brace for the foreseeable future. He has oh. to have a neck brace on because of all this vertebrae stuff. Obviously, anything near your spinal cord is very scary. And so we were going to go check on him, but I think more importantly, try to help um, them, you know, kind of deal with their kids, we'll say. Sure, sure. So anyways, uh, I won't be here for our next week's show. The, well, um, it's the 4th of July weekend. A lot of people will be off. Woo! So that's, that's, Yeah, no one wants to okay. hear me anyways. But <laughs> uh, Well, that's not Yeah, true. you're right. The show actually would post on the 4th of July. So you're right. Yeah. So everyone's going to miss it anyways. Yeah, we'll just play the you know we'll just play music for it. We'll just do the Star Spangled Banner. You can just tune in for thirty minutes of America music. Yeah, we should play uh, the Star week. Spangled Banner on the show. Well, we uh, well, I know we're talking about current events and not just your personal life uh, and your family, but I, I think that's uh, great that you're going to go help out. Um, but currently, you know, I'm just it's so frustrating that I think people are just weary. The COVID-19 thing, you know, is it on? Is it off? Are we open? Are we not open? Is it safe to go out? Do we have to wear masks everywhere? Don't we have to wear masks? And the economy and the stock market. Wait, the stock market went way back up and people were going to get back to work. And then, right. then uh, you know, uh, the economy tanks a little bit because of COVID resurgence or yep. news that there might be a huge spike. And so... You know, I know certain states might close up again. So the stock market drops. So it's crazy out there. Make sense well, of it for me. You know, you, you you then overlay politics. You overlay social unrest. You, this has been the year of years, Tony. I mean, geez, I'm going to have to get out my diary and, you know, write some of this stuff down. It's incredible. And I, I at the same token, I can't believe the year's only half over. I know. This I 2020 know. has, if I had any hair, it'd be gone year. Right. Um, and uh, I saw the greatest, I got to interject here, Michael. I saw the funniest T-shirt design uh, online, and it said 2020, and it had the, the five stars, and only one star was colored in. <laughs> and then below it said, um, uh, um, uh, very bad would not recommend. So it was like an <laughs> online review, you know, that you see. That's very funny. bad would not recommend no, one star this is a, 2020. This is an insane year, you know, and the irony is it's not over. We still have an election. We still have a lot of things going on to make this just oh, continue on the, the joyville of the year. Now, anyone who listens to the show, any active listeners that we have on this I hopefully the takeaway in a lot of respects is that I'm an optimist. I like to look at data. I like to look at information. I like to try to pull, you know, pull positive conclusions out of things versus just sitting here all depressed and yeah. oh, life's terrible and it's, the end is near because the reality is as upsetting emotionally as this year has been for a lot of people. The reality is, in a lot of ways, things aren't as bad as we think. And there's positive and negative indicators all the time in front of us. I mean, one of the things that I just came across over the weekend was, you know, everybody's doing fact checking, right? Everything's a fact check. So the CDC, and this was, uh, what is the date of this? This is dated just a couple of weeks ago. So the CDC just, I'm reading a quote from an article. CDC just confirmed a point two percent death rate for COVID-19 you know and so obviously you, you, perhaps the better way to say this is I, I read a lot of stuff so I don't know everyone probably picks up on that I read a lot of stuff and the best way that someone described it is 
people are so busy thinking about the coronavirus of March. All we know about it is the March coronavirus. Well, there's now a June coronavirus. <laughs> Things have changed a lot in three months. The way that they treat it, their understanding of it, the way that it is passed. And we're all so hung up on this March coronavirus where it was still kind of scary, unknown, and confusing. It's still scary, upsetting, all that stuff. But the nice thing is in a few months, the more data we get, the more information we get. I mean, even though cases are rising, like you mentioned, Tony, they're talking about shutting states down and slowing down openings and whatnot. Well, one of the at least current benefits is that the death rate is falling. And a lot of that has to do with the understanding of the coronavirus and the understanding of how to treat it and how to deal with it. And so even though it's depressing, even though it's upsetting, even though it's confusing, I think these are positive trends. We've learned a lot about it. We're that much closer to um, creating vaccines and better treatments. I mean, I was just, Gilead was just on the news this morning talking about remdesivir, you know, about this amazing treatment for it. So there's a lot of good things going on that, you know, start taking us in the right direction. But to see that death rate go down, I thought was, was, was very insightful. That made me feel a lot better because in the beginning it was like, there wasn't enough data. So the death rate was like 5%. Yikes. Yeah, it is. It is good to hear some positive news in that the death rate's going down and that it is that low. I mean, obviously we're still, you know, people are still still suffering. It is a problem, but we have to look at the the hard facts and uh, that is a bit of good news. And I'm glad you shared Mm -hmm. it with us. No, well, well, that's the, the benefit. I mean, there's so many medical influence centers that are working on this problem, right? I, I read something the other day that around the world, there's 108 different vaccines in process. I mean, that's, that's cool. You know, you know, they, they say in the old days, the fastest vaccine that was ever like put out there was like four or five years. <laughs> you know, they, wow. they could very well have one in the next few months. Oh, wow. I, yeah. I mean, it's incredible. It's incredible. But the power of technology, you know, I hate technology in one respect because everybody just hangs out on Facebook instead of enjoying dinner together. But the power of technology has also amplified, accelerated our ability to find solutions to problems. It's so powerful. So that's some good news. I like that. I think that that's positive outlook, even though everything we read and see on the news is very depressing. Uh, everybody's getting sick. Ah, it's a problem. We're shutting down again. Hey, totally get that. But at least we're one step closer to making this a much more manageable condition, especially for the vulnerable people, the sick people in our society. So bada bing, bada boom. All right, let's go to more depressing news of the day. So one of the things that was interesting is when all of this started, remember what happened in 2020, Tony, we, the government shut down the economy, the government shut down the United States. That has never really happened in the history of our country. No, certainly not like this. Nope. And so we manufactured a recession, stock market crashed. Nobody liked it. Very upsetting. One of the things, though, that happened was people were allowed to go into forbearance with credit obligations. So if you had a mortgage, a car payment, a credit card payment, stuff like that, credit obligations, they had a a pass, we'll say, you know, a three month pass period where you didn't have to pay it, which is really coming due. And there's really not a good understanding of how well that is going to look when, you know, all of a sudden the forbearance time period's over and now you got to make your bill payments. But it was interesting because in April, 
Oh my gosh, I forget the number. I must be having a, a morning <laughs> stroke here. Jeez, oh, okay, I know this. I know the big number. What was the little number? I'm gonna go 35 million. I'm gonna go 35 million. Don't no one That's fact check me number? on this. Okay, no one fact check me on this, but it's somewhere around here because I can picture it. Wait, I got it on my phone. Should I waste my time looking up my phone real quick? I got a picture of it. I I better I better fact check myself because I don't want to. Yeah. I don't want to go to jail here. Well, no, you, you want to give, you're all about the facts. I know that you want to get the math and the numbers. Oh my right. gosh. The number's 35 million. So I, <laughs> okay, you had it, but I, I was paranoid. You have to so, trust yourself, I guess. So anyway, so when you look at deferments, forbearances, this is for student loans, mortgages, credit cards, auto loans, kind of stuff in April, 35 million payments were missed. Oh, now that's the forbearance, so it's like we both go, oh my gosh! But at the same token, you kind of knew it was coming. Actually, sure. what then came out in in the beginning of May was big banks like Jamie Dimon and Goldman Sachs and places like this saying, oh my gosh! Oddly enough, a lot of people actually made their mortgage payment more so than requested the forbearance, and so we had this conversation about. Hey, well, geez, we were all worried about this credit crisis, and maybe it's not as bad as we think. A lot of people miss payments, but not nearly as many as we thought. Well, then in the beginning of June, the data came out for May. And so in April, remember, 35 million credit payments were missed. In May, that number skyrocketed, Tony. It skyrocketed to 106 million. So it went from 35 million to 106 month over month. You know, and you're like, woof, you know, because remember in May we were like, well, maybe it's not as bad as we thought. Maybe, you know, the big banks are right. More people are making their mortgage payments. All of a sudden, woof, way more people missed the payments. Now, granted, they were allowed to, right? Forbearance, deferment kind of stuff. But still, the whole premise is, is how able are people to make their payments? And then I just kind of saw, you know, this article that came out on CNBC on June 26th. So this was just a few days ago. That said, oh, you know, we're just kind of we're, we're tracking mortgages in this article. And there was a sharp increase of, you know, 80,000 new people requesting forbearance on their mortgages uh, at the end of May in that just that one week. And so the takeaway is when you look at the numbers, like, for example, there's almost 4.7 million homeowners right now in the U.S. in forbearance. That's almost 9% of all mortgages and represents almost a trillion dollars of unpaid principal. Yikes. Yeah, no, I mean, these are big numbers. And so all of a sudden we have these people that unfortunately can't make their mortgage payments um, or don't want to. I, I can't speak to obviously all the situations because, you know, to me it's somewhat debatable. Many people who lost a job get to go on to unemployment, but unemployment has temporarily been significantly higher than it normally is. And so a lot of people, in fact, make more money than they were making while working statistically. So you'd think that they still have the resources to pay these bills and maybe they're choosing not to. I don't know. The question will be when July is over and all of a sudden all these mortgage payments are due, are we going to suddenly have a whole round of people going into basically pre-foreclosure or are they going to mysteriously be able to pay the bill? I don't know. We will see. But this is one of those subtle things that becomes a concern in the markets because the longer that the economy stays shut down, the longer that people can't go back to work, the longer that these things persist, all of a sudden, you know, people aren't going to be paying their bills. And, and then we get back to some kind of credit crisis, crunchy kind of deal thing here. So 
Whew, what a big debate. Well, yeah, that's huge, uh, obviously, uh, Michael. And I think that it is a concern. People, if they're out of work, are they going to be able to make their payments? And I, I hadn't thought about that aspect of it, to be honest. And I know that uh, a lot of people refinance to get lower interest rates. And when that yeah. first house note comes due, uh, it is, you know, in July or August, it is going to be tough for some folks. My wife Absolutely. and I refinanced, Michael, and because we wanted to take advantage of the really low interest rates. And sure. so we finally got that finalized. We we had a good rate locked in. We're happy about it. I mean, we we went from a 30-year to a 15-year loan, and our payments stayed the same. Really? You see what I mean? Good. That, how no, much that's the very, interest that's, no, yeah. that's very cool. So, so it's very good, but... Uh, and then you get a month off where you don't have to make a payment because of the refinance. And so August will be our first payment. And, you know, fortunately, we're both still working. I mean, yeah, yeah. Uh, fortunately, you're still doing a podcast. So that helps. And I, a lot of people out there, though, don't have that. So that is something to be concerned about, about, you know, regarding the economy in the future. Right. No, I totally get it. And it's just... It's very interesting times, and I think that's part of the challenge of the stock market, right? It bottomed out hard through March because it was a little overblown. Everyone was a little over worried about things. It rallied back up because the Fed spent trillions of dollars, threw a lot of money at the problem kind of a thing, shorted it back up. But now we're getting back to that uncertainty zone, right? Well, how long is the economy going to be shut down for? Are they going to shut it down further? What is going on with the coronavirus? Is there going to be some kind of vaccine or some kind of miracle cure? Um, you know, what's going on with this credit crisis thing that I was talking about. So there's a lot of opposing forces right now and stock markets don't love uncertainty, right? They don't. And so that's, what's creating a lot of the recent volatility, but then you get into what we call high frequency data. And that's just, you know, it's easy to follow quarterly earnings of a company and you know, what was the last quarter GDP and you know, uh, tell me about the unemployment numbers. All that stuff is out there, but we look at high frequency data. This is week over week, month over month information of where life exists. Like for example, supply of gasoline. So are trucks actually delivering gasoline because uh, to gas stations? Because if they're not, what does that imply? It implies, well, hey, nobody's driving, nobody's going anywhere, nobody's doing anything, right? Um, and hence, they don't need gas at the gas stations. The, the tanks are still full. And so it's kind of funny because when we look at year over year, supply of gasoline to gas stations is down 9%. So we knew that. But month over month, it's up 20%. Week over week, it's up another 9%. More and more people all of a sudden, Tony, are driving. That's that's a positive indication of something, right? Right. Because if you're driving, you're probably also you know grabbing a, a cheeseburger at McDonald's. And, you know, a candy bar at the gas station. And where are you driving to? Are you driving to a hotel? Are you driving to your house? Are you driving to your job? Driving somewhere. Maybe just out on a drive. I don't know. The um, But see, in a very high-frequency data situation, that's, that's, that's a green shoot. That's a positive, you know, because it means more people are moving around. I mean, I, I, let's be honest, people. I drive down Victoria right here. Uh, I don't feel the world of the coronavirus anymore. There's as much traffic, if not more than there was in the beginning of the year. So everybody's out doing something, which is a positive immediate thing. What about, um, let's see here. I'm just going to kind of throw some of the big ones around here. What about TSA checkpoints? You ever heard of the TSA, Tony? 
Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 They are the bane Gosh, of my existence. You know, it's funny. No. I, I flew through the airport uh, recently. Uh, you know, we're, we're working on another office location out in Dallas where one of my employees is. And so I had to go out there to deal with some stuff. And um, <laughs> you know, I'm coming back through and they flagged both my bags. And, I'm, and I've never had a bag flag before. And I'm just like, all I can think about is that show on TV where it's like, um, uh, I, I don't know. Uh, like almost got away with it or locked up or something where like these people accidentally become like drug mules. And I'm thinking, Oh my gosh, what what happened to me? And so when I was in Texas, Texas has some phenomenal barbecue. This place this is going to be our, our first public service announcement. This place was called 407 barbecue on the 407 highway. Holy cow. I mean, it must have been like drugs or something. Every bite, Tony, was ridiculous. So anyways, I got schmuckered into buying a, you know, a, a bottle of their rub. Because I'm like, well, geez, <laughs> this stuff's awesome. I'm yeah. going to duplicate it at home. You which can just I rub, rub, rub it, it, rub it, it on it? your hand and start yeah, nibbling. Yeah, put, on on put it on a spoon. You know what I thought was funny, though, is one of the ingredients literally just said MSG. And I, you know, I, thought, oh, wait, no. I, thought, I thought we weren't supposed to eat that. But no. anyways. I thought that wasn't uh, even used anymore. Oh, well. So, you know, I got flagged because I had I had barbecue rub in my bag. <laughs> yeah, I guess it looks like looks like something worse on when they're going through the x-ray machine. Actually, the guy said to me, he's like, hey, you got some barbecue rub in there. So that must be something they regularly deal with when you're leaving Dallas. That's but funny. Anyways, TSA checkpoint data. It's did they let you go through? That did they let oh, you yeah. go through? No, they gave it. Oh, they, had to, okay. they had to like wipey it. They use some kind of magic wipey to tell if it has you know bad explosive yeah, I don't powder. Know. Yeah, explosive yeah. powder. Yeah. See that? See, you can tell I'm not a criminal because I don't even know the correct terminology. For, well, I don't even. I what, don't know that. You know, it's not. It's like, oh, yeah, they're looking for C4. Uh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah. Anyways. TSA checkpoints, month over month, up 107%. Week over week, up 13%. Now, that's huge. That's a huge expansion, you know, up 100% in a month. The funny thing is it's still down 80% year over year. So there's still not a lot of people traveling. But at least in the immediate term, you're starting to see life shoots. You know, things are coming back to life. I can play this game with hotel occupancy, steel production, rail car traffic. All of these things are certainly down year over year. But in the last month and the last week, everything is really positive. I mean, hotel revenue per room is down 60% year over year, but it's up 50% in a month. It's up uh, 11% in the last week. The only reason that they can increase revenue per room is if they're starting to get a little bit of occupancy and so they can start hassling you, you know, on the price again. So these are all Good things. This might not be good for the spread of the coronavirus, but it's certainly good for the spread of economics. You know, money right. is circulating hands. Uh, you know, it's kind of interesting uh, looking at current economic data. I saw that in May, personal income declined 4.2%, and that would, you know, certainly imply a very, oh no, income's going down. And then I realized there's an irony to that economic data, and that is. In April, everyone got an extra twelve hundred bucks. So personal income actually went up in April, and now it's declined in May because of those stimulus bumps. So that's not a real thing, I think, to rely on as useful information. So there's a lot going on. I mean, obviously, this is a, a politics year. There's a lot of politics going on. I, you know, like I said, this is the year that just won't quit. I have to admit, 
I started, gosh, you'd think I had some coffee or something. I'm really, really talking You're going for today. it. You're I'm going like just, for dude, it. Dude, I, I just got my eyes closed. I'm not even reading anything. I'm just, this is, this is, this is just the beautiful mind of Mike today. Um, but politics honestly are becoming a, a mild concern for me. And, and, you know, I, I'm a very objective human being. I find myself in the middle of the road and a lot of political thought. Um, but there are some concerns to me. I mean, you know, one of the core concerns is like, for example, Vice President Biden, one of the things that he talks about is, you know, day one is how do we undo the tax cuts? Cause they were unduly justified for rich people or something. And, and look, I, I realize the debate, I realize, you know, we can go in a lot of different directions on what that means. But what I do care about is I care about my clients. I care about the stock markets. I care about the economics. I care about the numbers. I care about the the practicalness of the things that I do to help clients. And so when I read things and study things and certainly express opinion on here, Tony, it's, it's, it's not just to try to give my biased attitude. It's really as a fiduciary trying to think from a thoughtful standpoint, what would be in the best interest of my clients and how I help people with the things that I help. And so when you talk about undoing the 2017 tax cuts, my primary concern is not for the individual. Yeah. You know, if our taxes go back up, yeah, that stinks, whatever, you know, with all the money the government spent this year, they could probably use it. But what the concern is, is with corporate tax cuts. See in 2017, the tax law dropped corporate tax rates from 35% to 21%. Tony, when they were at 35%, we were like so uncompetitive globally, so unimpressive. That's why every company skipped town. I'll go do business in Ireland, you know. Why would I do it here? The, the tax rate stinks. And so when they cut the tax rate even to 21%, it only made U.S. corporations mediocrely competitive. It wasn't the best. It wasn't the worst. It was middle of the road. And that's brought a lot of jobs, a lot of industry, a lot of money through repatriation back to the United States. That is positive for the U.S. stock market. That is positive for the U.S. economy. That is positive for the Fed's tax balance sheet stuff. So to quickly undo that, I think, would really undo a lot of positive things that are shaping up in those realms. So that's a that's a concern for me as we look over the next few months as we start to evaluate what are the things that are pros and cons. Another thing that I'm not excited about that would fall more to a, a Joe Biden, you know, Vice President Joe Biden kind of a thing is one of the things that is really being pushed around. And we did a show a number of months ago on uh, Elizabeth Warren's like nine major pieces of tax legislation, you know, uh, doing flat taxes on the wealthy and things like that. I'm not personally a big fan of that. Obviously, we should probably do another show to talk about why. Yeah, but we'll talk about we'll do a whole show on taxes. Maybe that'll be our next one. <laughs> but the but the one thing that is really really bothering me lately is what's called a investment transaction tax. Maybe I should just stop there. Investment transaction tax. Well, that's taxing. And All right. So maybe <laughs> that we should just stop, we'll stop right there. Yeah. We'll stop right there. So that's the one that's really starting to irk me. Well, let's talk about that next on next episode. We'll do a show yeah. on taxes, on the corporate tax rates, on whatever it is you just said that I've well, never yeah, heard of. You, you can't say that now because then no one will listen. Like, I'm going to skip that show. Oh, no, it's going to be exciting. Corporate tax rates. Well, <laughs> no, we're going to talk about the punchline will be 
how to minimize your tax burden Woo. and why this is a concern. People need to be educated. And I think that'll be great. But I think after our discussion today, it would be much, a little much anyway. We're out of no, time. No, we're going. We got we got an hour and a half more to go here. Let's just <laughs> let's just power through it. Push through. So no, I, I get it. We I've been kind of fired up. So it, maybe it's because we skipped a week. So I'm just like trying to like push out, you know, weeks of my mind into 30 minutes. The um, but hey, good for now. Love all of our listeners. We appreciate all your feedback. If you have questions, concerns, if you don't have a good retirement plan or one at all, give my office a call. We can complimentary help you out with this stuff. 805-500-7035. 805-500-7035. Visit our main website, thelindgroup.com. Lind is L-Y-N-D. But um, otherwise, like I said, we won't be here next week, but the following week, Tony and I are going to have a tax fight. We're going to we're going to tax the show to death. <laughs> well, we'll have a little we'll have a friendly debate. There you go. There you go. Boom. All right. Well, hey, great episode of the Wealth Puzzle today. Why don't you let our listeners know one more time how to get a hold of you and set up that complimentary consultation? Sure, Tony. Like I said, the easiest thing to do is just call the office 805-500-7035 and always visit our main website, thelindgroup.com. Lind is L-Y-N-D. And everybody, we appreciate you and we'll, uh, we'll be back. Thank you for listening to The Wealth Puzzle. Don't pay too much for taxes or retire without a sound income plan. For more information, please contact Michael Mansfield at The Lind Group. Call 805 805- Five zero zero seven zero three five, or visit them online at thelindgroup.com. All matters discussed during the show are for informational purposes only. Each individual situation may vary, and the opinions expressed here may not apply to everyone. Materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources, and no representations can be made as to its accuracy. All ideas and information should be discussed in detail with one of our qualified representatives prior to implementation. Fee-based financial planning and investment advisory services are offered by the Lind Group Advisors, LLC, a registered investment advisor in the state of California. Insurance products and services are offered through the Lind Group, LLC. The Lind Group, LLC, and the Lind Group Advisors, LLC are not affiliated companies. Lind Group, LLC. The Lind Group Advisors LLC and Michael Mansfield are not affiliated with or endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any government agency.